Welcome to the Your Mom Has a Blog a podcast. I'm Chad Edgington. And I'm Melissa Edgington. Come still. In. Still what? Day 25 of May and I'm still Melissa Edgington. Oh. <laughs> that is still your name. Yeah, we need to come up with a better you know, way to start the podcast off, but I'm just not sure what that would be. Well, I mean... Every podcast could be someone's first podcast. So. Yeah, and there's a, you know there's it's nice to have sort of a familiar thing going on whenever you've got a something you like. You know how in the Sweet Valley High books, you know it's a huge series, but at the beginning of every book, it gives you all the pertinent information you need to know in order to follow the story. Did you read that stuff every time you read one of the books? Yeah, I you did. did? Oh, see, there you go. You enjoyed, even enjoyed that. Yeah. Well, the podcast has been going on now. We're on, this is episode 74. Yeah. So tomorrow will be a big episode 75. Wait, I think 74 was yesterday. Mm, I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. We'll find out later. So you think this could be, this could be 75? I don't know. I'll have Once to you double look check. that up. Anyway, that's, we're getting really close to 100. Three three quarters of a century uh, of podcasts. That's amazing. Uh, So I did something today I didn't tell you about. And that was I contacted the awesome podcasters over at SBC, Southern Baptist Convention, this week. Oh, yeah? I listened to their podcast about... Baptist things, you know, kind of a p- podcast talking about all the latest Baptist news. And there's been a lot of Baptist news lately. There has been. And none of it's good. No. <laughs> but you know what? We're hanging in there. You know, we're Baptists. We're not going to do anything else. We're not yeah. going to not be Southern Baptists just because of a few mistakes and, and uh, you know, sort of a recognition that some things need to change. Yeah. That's that's a good good it's good to be in a organization that can change. So anyway, I was listening to their podcast today and they were popping their well, one of them was your friend Jonathan Howe. Oh yeah. He was popping his peas. Mm. Kept popping his peas talking about the podcast and I wrote him an email about it. What do you think of that? Oh, I thought you were writing them for advice. You were writing to give them advice? I actually, they have a, a huge podcast, <laughs> way bigger than this one. And I was like, dude, <laughs> you are popping all your peas. You have, I said, Jonathan, I said, love the podcast, guys. Jonathan, you have terrible mic technique. <laughs> That's what I told him. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> And then Chad. I was like, hope to run into you at the Southern Baptist Convention. <laughs> I'm sure you. he's really looking forward to seeing you. Well, it can be kind of a joke. Like I'm the guy that doesn't like the way you say P in the microphone. The sound. Oh my goodness, yeah. Chad. That was terrible, right? Yes. But I think once you've done 25 or 24 podcasts in a row, you feel like you know how to talk on a microphone. Do you? I, I really do. <laughs> if you will notice, I, I have very good mic technique. If I pop a P, it's very seldom. And so you have to think, if you make the P sound like, hold your hold your mouth, your your hand up to your mouth and say, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Peter Piper picked a peck of pickled peppers. Do you hear how the, the breath is going on your fingers? 
Yeah. And then now hold your fingers to the side of your mouth and say the same thing. Then you don't feel the and breath. And you don't feel the yeah. breath. So I feel like I feel like one of my jobs in life <laughs> is to share that simple truth with every podcaster. You could have said it without saying you have terrible microphone technique. For a guy that has a really popular podcast, that's what I felt like I needed to say to him. In the Lord. <laughs> and in love. So oh my goodness. maybe we can have a podcast about that awkward meeting that we'll have at the convention. If we get close enough to his majesty, Jonathan Howe. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably like, who is this jerk idiot? He's nobody. He's telling me how to run my podcast. And that's not what I'm doing. I'm just telling you how to make the letter P in a microphone. On the side. You better watch out now. I know, they're going to be coming after me. You're going to be making all kinds of microphone mistakes. You think I'm I'm causing more trouble for the Southern Baptist Convention, probably. Yeah, why? Why would you? I mean, you're I just piling on. I'm piling on now, like, dude, come on. But I said, Amy sounds great. <laughs> that's, that's the other one on there. I like Jonathan. I think he's funny. He, he's like a really, he, he's always had little funny lines in that podcast. Yeah. He's cool. So, Jonathan, if you're listening, which I know there's no way you are, I want to formally, to our audience, um, I want to apologize for that email I sent off in haste. And if I had let my wife look at it before like I should have, you would still sound terrible on your microphone. (laughs) You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome, Jonathan. Anyway, um, oh my. Well, I don't know. I don't even use a windscreen. I mean, come on. That's how. I think you need to go back a few podcasts. Oh, I'm bragging. Am I bragging? I'm bragging. I'm just saying. I'm just podcast saying. number one. I'm just oh, no, saying. No, that it, was... I'm saying it can be done. You can you can talk in a microphone the correct way without a windscreen. And uh, the way you teach your kids not to be a bragger, okay. is to lead by example. They don't. They don't listen. Um, how about podcast number whatever it was? Teach your kids to be an encourager. Jonathan, I encourage you to stop popping your peas. <laughs> I am, bro. I am totally kidding. He's not listening. We're not on the radar. But he'll see that email. Oh, he will. He will see that email. It's a, you know, it's construct. It was constructive criticism, and I think I ended it, you know, like on a funny note. I don't remember what I said, though. Okay, I'm getting the look. <laughs> That's the look. All I'm There's saying is, look. when I get a critical email... Mm-hmm. You ignore it. And when they start off with, hey, I love your podcast, but... Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll write them another letter. No, then you're going to reach stalker status. Yeah, you probably, probably just true. need to... Just yeah. see them at the convention... Use a different name, and that's what we'll do. So, well, what are we talking about tonight? All right, so we're in the middle of 31 Things to Teach Your Kids in 31 Days. We've podcasted every single day in the month of May, Mm. and it's now May 25th, and we're on number 25. Yeah. Teach your kids to be... I've already forgotten what it is. 
You don't remember the topic? <laughs> Hold on. I'll think of it. It's I'm teach so... your children to be grateful. Yes. Yeah. Teach See, we talked kids. about that before the show started. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm brain dead. It's late. We've 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 been out swimming. And, and then a tornado tried to come. Yeah, we had a kind of a kind of a little bit of a weather event tonight. Another uh wasn't as bad as the one we Well, it turned about. out to be absolutely nothing. Yeah, just it all it's like it sprinkled. But yeah. it looked bad, didn't it? That shelf, what did you call it? Wall cloud, shelf cloud. And there's no chance of when something like that is coming and you're waiting to see what's going to happen, there's no chance of getting your kids in bed. No. You know they're going to have to stay up until you find it's out. It's too exciting. If you're going to have to go down the street to your friend's cellar. Right. So, so the spotters were out. Everybody stayed up late. There was a possibility of having to go to the cellar. So so Melissa's losing her mind. But tell us, how do we raise grateful children? That's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's why we listen to what you say. <laughs> well, I think that we have to start off with... Looking at our own attitudes. People are tired of hearing me say that. Yeah. They're like, you have to be grateful first. But it's so true. Mm -hmm. We have to show our kids what it looks like to be grateful for what we have, for the way God blesses. Mm -hmm. And... It goes back again to that looking at things through spiritual eyes and showing our kids how to look through look at things through spiritual eyes as well. You know, I was thinking about the mission trip I took down to to Ecuador a couple of years ago. And uh this little it was with uh, Christopher Sills and his uh, little boy was sitting in the back of the car. And, and I was, I guess I was, I guess it was like one of those with the cars with the front seat, a middle seat and a back seat. And I was sitting in the middle seat and I was hearing him talk to his mom and he was, he said, mother, isn't it so wonderful that the Lord has let the rain hold off until we got home. And I thought in that moment, I really almost wanted to cry Yeah. because I thought, you know, he, he was, who says that? But they have done what the, the, what those sweet missionaries in Ecuador have done with their kids is they've taught their kids sort of the idea of the podcast a few nights ago. God's in control of everything. And then when he when he gives us something good, we should thank him for it. And so they had taught him the, that principle. They'd been grateful and they'd said it out loud. Look what the Lord has done for us. Look at how this has worked out mm. uh, in God's providence. We're thankful to God. For this and for this and for this. And I remember the boy even talking about uh, a new car. When are we going to get a new car? And his mom said, well, 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 whenever the Lord decides. you know." And so they were setting that up in his mind that whenever something happened, then he was grateful to the Lord for it. Yeah, and I remember she also said, but in the meantime, the Lord is sustaining the car we have. That's right, yeah. That's what she said. Oh man, they are awesome. That's so amazing. If you have extra money, you should give it to them. I yeah. can let me know if you 
You've just got piles of cash laying around somewhere <laughs> that you want to give to a missionary because I know some worthy ones. Uh, they're down there doing good work in Ecuador training pastors. But that was a real, that was one of those awesome things you get in a mission trip or the byproducts of a mission trip where when you're just hanging out with people that are doing that work. Yeah. And kind of being a part of their life for a little bit and uh, encouraging them. And they're, of course, greatly, even their kids are greatly encouraging to you. So you're right. So we, we speak that way. We teach them. And the kids pick it up. It's it's amazing how many things you do a certain way just because your parents did them a certain way. Right. You know, that, that's one of those uh, things about being married that, you know, you'll do something one way. One of the things I remember when we first got married was how you folded T-shirts. I'd never seen anybody fold T-shirts that way. Hmm. And you probably fold T-shirts the wrong way because your mom did it. <laughs> right? That's the way your mom folds shirts? Um, so we fold shirts the right way, uh-huh. and you were very confused about that because <laughs> you had never been taught that yourself. Well, we just folded them a different way where I came from. <laughs> and there's lots of little things like that. Yeah. But that just shows you, even on a, you know, something quirky like that, like a t-shirt <laughs> folding, imagine all the other stuff you picked up from your mom and dad. Yeah. And what our kids are picking up from us is terrifying. Well, it's so true, you know, what they say, that you wake up one day and you realize you sound exactly like your mother mm. or your father. Mm. I think that really does happen. And so if our kids one day wake up and they sound just like us, what are they going to sound like? Are they going to oh sound like complainers? My. They're going to wake up one day and be like, I just don't like the way anyone talks on the microphone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you want to get down to really practical things as far as how you handle your children in this area, I think one way to help our kids be grateful is to not give them every little thing that they want. And I think that's really hard for American parents, mm. especially since a lot of the things that kids want are little things. They're not that expensive or they're not... Um, it wouldn't be that much of a stretch to get them for your kids. But I think it's important for us to set up, you know, an atmosphere in our home where we establish you get larger things that you want maybe around your birthday mm-hmm. or at Christmas time. But we don't just go out and get the latest gadget at any time of the year just because you want it. Mm-hmm. Or even, you know, you want that rubber ball at the dollar store. Well, you don't need that right now. We're not going to buy that. Yeah. There is something to be said for denying ourselves and denying our children. Yeah, a good example of that is eating out. I mean, I think Americans, well, I don't know. Maybe when I was growing up, there were people who were eating out a lot, but we weren't. And I don't think y'all were either, right? No, we we mainly ate at home. Yeah, we mainly ate at home too. Now, I think because our schedules are so busy, we find ourselves eating a lot of fast food. We're just never home to have a meal, which, you know, I guess that's that's not everybody's reality. And that probably, you know, I guess we're losing something there. But we're still sitting around a table eating together and talking. Yeah. We're just, you know, (laughs) you're just not having to cook. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday. So, um, 
you know, it's it's one of those things where I grew up thinking that eating out really anywhere was a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. But going to a what I would consider a real restaurant, and and I don't know that we go to real restaurants that often, where you sit down and have a a waiter, that kind of thing. But that was a very rare occurrence. Um, when I was young, I thought ponchos was fine dining. Yeah. I, mean, I honestly did. In my mind, like if you were going to go somewhere nice, you went to ponchos. Well, explain what ponchos is to those who don't know. Oh, well, if I was going to briefly describe ponchos to to listeners, you know, especially those of you that live in other na- nations or live in different states. I'm not sure exactly how far widespread the Poncho's franchise was, but if I was just going to describe Poncho's in a nutshell, I'd say heaven on earth. <laughs> right. <laughs> Wouldn't you say that? No. I mean, I love Poncho's. And we had a nice Poncho's over in Hearst, and it had several dining rooms in it. It had neat lighting. It had a fountain in the middle of it. Poncho's, I'll just say this. Ponchos is about quantity of food. Yes. And not necessarily quality of food. Ponchos is a is was a Mexican food cafeteria. That's really what it was. Yeah. You you grabbed a tray when you came in and you went down the line and you got the buffet and they you just kinda of told the ladies what you wanted. And you just kinda of pointed, you know, two cheese enchiladas, I want a flauta. And you just kind of went down the line, getting yeah. what you, you know. I don't think there was anything back then. There was the chimichanga had not even been invented, <laughs> you know. So there were just certain things you would get, and then you'd get down to the drinks, and maybe you could get a drink, a coke, or a water, and then you'd have the Jello. Do you remember that at Poncho's? Yeah, the Jello with the whipped cream on top. And I don't, then, I don't remember then, that at Poncho's, but that was at every cafeteria. cafeteria. But Poncho's also had. Like pudding in these really big, like long wine glass looking things with different colors, layers of pudding Mm. and whipped cream. Oh, but it was like $3. It was expensive. And that was always like, no, you can't have that. So I'll tell you one thing. When I went there when I was in college and, you know, myself with some buddies went to the ponchos in Abilene, I got that. And I was grateful for it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I never had it. But I was just grateful to go. And the the awesome thing about ponchos, two things. Number one, you, you would you would sit at the table, you would eat your first plate of food. And then instead of going back through the line, they had at every table this tiny little Mexican flag that was over by the salt and pepper shakers. And you could just raise the... <laughs> It was on a string, and you would raise the little flag, and that way the the server would know to come over and ask you what you wanted. So if they saw a flag up, they'd come over and get get more food for you. Yeah. And then the second thing was sopapillas, and as many of those as you wanted. Hmm. Amazing. That's why your parents didn't buy you the pudding. You were getting sopapillas. Yeah, looking back on it now, it makes sense. Yeah. You they wouldn't have... you wouldn't buy the pudding either. No, if not if you have free dessert. Yeah. You're getting sopapillas. Yeah. And the sopapillas, that was so exciting when they would bring those. Uh, so anyway, I guess if we weren't accustomed to 
eating out all the time. And so whenever we, whenever I suggest a restaurant and if the kids are in the back seat and say, I don't want that, you know, you know what happens in my mind? What? It's like that time. It's like, when, you know, like in the part of a cartoon where like smoke starts coming out of somebody's ears and there's like hammers banging on anvils. I'm just like crazy. Like with this anger, you know, you see it in yeah. the, in like what if somebody gets mad the, 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 and the, their face turns red, it like starts at the bottom of their face and turns red all the way up. <laughs> and, and I want to be like, well, what did you just say? <laughs> I know you just didn't say you don't want to go to that restaurant. <laughs> Do you realize how lucky you are? Do you yeah. know how fortunate you are to live with me? <laughs> I'm taking you to a restaurant, and it's Tuesday. You know, we never ate out on a Tuesday. Yeah. It was like a Friday thing. After a football game or before a football game. or so It's a special occasion. Yeah. To to just get like a, a, a McDonald's meal, you know? And uh, now, you know, the kids are just, I don't want that. But that shows you that that's so routine to them. That's something they get all the time that I didn't. Yeah. So in my mind, I'm still grateful that we can go to a restaurant and get something. But in their life, that's so. I mean, I think your thesis is correct. I mean, if you if every now and then you did not like what we should do is we should just say, you know, we're not going to eat tonight then. <laughs> But we always do say that. Like whatever, you know, I know there's some parents, we've talked about this before, but there's some parents who will say, well, what do you want? What do you want? I'll, I'll go over there and get what you want. Yeah. So if I want Chick-fil-A and they want Burger King or something, some moms are like running around trying to make everybody happy. And I just call bull honky on that. That's not good. You had to get that. I was going to say bull honky. Yeah, that's bull honky. You don't need to do that. Um, you need to take the kids to the restaurant and say, listen, here's what we're going to eat tonight. This is what daddy decides. We're eating here, okay? And you're fortunate to be part of my benevolent dictatorship, and this is what we're having. And if you don't like this, then you don't have to eat. Yeah. That's, your, that's your right to not put any food in your mouth yeah. as a human being. I'm not going to force feed you. Right. And you know what they always do? We've already talked about this just a few days ago. Yeah, they always eat what they <laughs> Do you they, remember that? I have no recollection. <laughs> So there's a there's a blogger that I followed for uh, a while. You know, Melissa, let me pause there. I'm getting I'm getting a little cotton mouthy. I'm gonna go fill my water back up. So you make sure you draw this story out, okay? Okay. I'll be back in a minute. Did you really have to say that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there's a blogger that I follow. Her name is Kristen Welch. Maybe some of you have read some of her things. And she's even written a book that's called Raising Grateful Kids in an Entitled World. And I haven't read the book, so I can't really vouch for all of the material in the book. But what I've seen on her blog is she is a very big believer in teaching kids to be grateful by teaching them to serve other people. And helping them to see the way that some people live in comparison to the way that they live. Which, you know, most of us live a very comfortable life and Kristen runs an orphanage kind of place it's actually a home for young women in a third world country and she's taken her kids over there and let them see you know what it's like Mm. and she's she I think she's really on to something with the idea of 
letting your kids see what some people's lives are like in comparison with their own life and not shielding them from the fact that there are some kids who live a very difficult life filled with abuse, filled with illness, filled with poverty. Mm -hmm. And I think when they see those things, it really helps them to realize how wonderful that their own life is and it helps them to be grateful for what they have. Yeah, I think that's a natural, I'm back by the way, I think that's a natural, um, do you see what I did there? Sarah, I wonder, I wonder if Chad has got his water yet. Who do you think they were on pins and needles? Yeah, they're wondering, you know, is he back? I'm like, yeah, here I am. So, <laughs> don't worry. I'm back. I'm back with a little wisdom to drop on you. <laughs> or not. Well, I think is that's a natural thing that hits you anytime you do pretty much any kind of ministry. You don't even have to make that the aim. That's just going to happen. Yeah. I, and, I, you know, of course, and I would say, you know, thinking about those sorts of things and the way I think about mission trips and um, I've got some criticism of short-term mission trips. I think sometimes we do selfishly use um, a mission trip and maybe even use the people that are less fortunate than us to try to teach ourselves lessons or other people lessons. I would say that's just what happens. Um whenever they go out and serve others that are needing ministry. It, it, I would say go at it with the aim of maybe instead of saying, I want to teach my children to be grateful by showing them how sorry these people's lives are. Maybe you say, if we do ministry together as a family, I know that that uh, it will reap all sorts of benefits for the people that we're ministering to. And, and secondarily, you know, for us. Yeah. I'm sure that's what she's doing. Um, I remember there was one, one day here in Olney that I took Adelaide. She was with me and I don't, it was, a, it must've been summertime and maybe she was a fifth or fourth grader even. What she came here in third grade or she was young. I would say maybe, maybe nine or 10 years old. And we needed to go check on one of our shut-in widows. And we went over to this woman's house who was having a hard time. She was having some mobility issues. Wasn't able to clean her home. And the house was just, you know, it was was a wreck. It was old. Her air conditioner wasn't working. It was a call adult protective services kind of situation. Yeah. And Adelaide, remember, she went in there with me to speak with her and we got back in the car and I, and I wasn't really thinking about her being there with me she's with, we take kids to do visits and things like that all the time. And, and I, and I see things like that and I've seen things like that when I practice law, when I've been a minister, I've just gone, I've gone in some houses just crazy. I mean, you can't even imagine, you know, the way people live and, but I, she'd never seen anything like that. And uh, we got in the car, and she was shocked that somebody was living. I mean, just absolutely stunned. Mm. I think it made quite an impression on her. Yeah. You know, those sorts of things are helpful. But, you know, that requires you to be around people that aren't just like you. Mm-hmm. And that's a real, that's a real, hard, um, that's a real hard thing for a lot of people. Yeah. Is that they, we tend to clump up with people 
that are just like us, click up or whatever the word is, we tend to gravitate towards one another. We have similar interests. We have similar means. You know, we, we run in the same sort of circle. Mm-hmm. How do you get how do you get beyond beyond that circle with your children? Um, usually it is through some sort of a service ministry, um, caring for people who need care. Like we've talked about going to a hospital. I mean, going to a hospital makes you grateful. When you go into a room and someone's hooked up and all this and they can't leave because yeah. they're sick, makes you very grateful for your health. Right. So th- things like that, um, being around people that are not like you, and that, not to say that, you know, because I'm of the impression that there's that you could go to a foreign country and find people that have a lot less material goods than you do, but they're a lot happier than, than we are. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not sure we should be grateful for what we have because maybe what we have is making us worse, you know. It's, yeah, but uh, I think it works the other way as well. Whenever you go and you see someone who has such a this wonderful attitude mm-hmm. in the midst of a lot of suffering, and they're grateful for what they have. Yeah, and that, I mean, I guess anytime you meet anyone who's grateful for what they have, it's a lesson. Yeah. And it's convicting. So. And and a, a child can see that and they can say, I need to be more like them. Yeah. Yeah. But but it's that, that exposure. So if you can kind of cultivate a child who's open to helping other people. Yeah. It's generally going to make them more grateful. I think whenever people get into a rut of selfishness and self-centeredness, the best thing for them is to find someone else to serve. And, then, and generally that reorients the ship, you know, right. uh, that's been listing one way or the other because it's just focused on the wrong things. Right. So I think that's how we can make and raise uh, grateful children. By the way, I think that's one thing that we could all remember whenever we start getting a little too inward focused and we start thinking too much about ourselves. There's a reason why when people have babies that they almost without exception say having this child made me a better person. Mm -hmm. It's because you're forced to think of someone else more than you think of yourself. Mm -hmm. And we need to do that in our day-to-day lives as well. Whenever we start getting too, I think it should be a red flag to us. Mm -hmm. We start getting too self-obsessed. Then that's, that's a, a hint to us that, we're not spending spending enough time thinking about others and serving other people and thinking about the needs of the people around us. We're just too too focused on our own desires and what's wrong and what's wrong. And we we seldom think about the things that are right. Um, around Thanksgiving, I did sort of a let's go around the room. I think it was at prayer meeting one night. Let's go around the room and say what we're thankful for. Let's let's just praise the Lord for things. And, you know, it was wild because most people could hardly think of anything. You know, really? and we're, yeah, we were like very spiritual people. We were kind of just like, mm, I guess my family and, you know, just trying to, you know, yeah. If you can, could you write, write a list right now of 50 things you're thankful for? And I bet as you started writing, you'd be hard pressed for the first few. Then you just start thinking, I'm thankful for air. You know, I'm thankful that we have clean water. Yeah. You know, I'm thankful we have a roof over our head. I'm thankful that I've always had enough clothes. You know, I'm thankful that I don't miss meals. 
that yeah. I don't know true hunger. I mean, there, you could just start when you start being thankful for things. By the time you get going, you're on a roll, and you can think of a thousand things. You had a really good idea a few years ago. I would still like to try this as a family. You were thinking of this as church. as the church, but that song Ten Thousand Reasons," uh-huh. you know, <clears throat> had come out and. You said, I wonder if we could get, you know, a ledger book and we could come up with 10,000 reasons to bless the Lord, Yeah, you know, and I think that would be a pretty cool project as a family for us to try to think of thousands of reasons Mm -hmm. why we can be grateful to God today. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be a pretty cool, um thing to be able to look back on even just to have that in your home to where whenever somebody starts getting down in the mouth you could get it out and say look at all these thousands of reasons we've thought of yeah that god's blessed us yeah yeah it's good stuff well we've gone for 30 some odd minutes and we went a little bit long last night talking about the throw up in my eye yeah so that's been a big topic today yeah one we don't wish to revisit. No. We're it's, grateful that today no one vomited yeah. on us. See, any day that no one throws up in your eye. It's a, is good, a day. good day. Yeah. You know, so today was already a great day just because I wasn't going to let anybody that looked sick get close to me. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was good. And looking forward to, uh, to podcast number 26 tomorrow. So It's actually... It's kind of confusing now because it's episodes yeah. and then it's the number. Yeah. Of the 31 for 31, it'll be our 26th straight day of podcasting. Yeah. Wow. That's hard to believe we've done it. I'm, But I'm thankful for it. Me too. It's given us a lot of things to talk about. It has. It's got us in the habit of podcasting daily. Yeah. Which I'm not sure is a very healthy habit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad this habit is going to be coming to a close in just a few days. Well, the pur- one of the purposes of this is that we, you know, we were trying to establish some more consistency in our podcasting. Yeah. Instead of just being sporadic and sitting down, what do we talk about? I think this has helped in a way focus us on a topic for each podcast. Yeah. It's made us a little more disciplined. Uh, it'd be nice if we had a little bit slicker production. You know, we don't have that. I'm not sure what we would need to have that. Um, sound effects? <laughs> like people clapping, sound that effects. That yeah. noise. Yeah, Yeah, have that. Maybe some clapping. Yeah. You know, there's some, other, there's some things we could do, but I think we've been trying to get our brain wrapped around the idea of, of like podcasting with a purpose. Yeah. So that's been that's been good for us, don't you think? It has been really good. Yeah. So maybe once we stop the 31 for 31, we could still be in the mode of once or twice per week. Yeah, because we can say to ourselves, we know what it's like to podcast every night. So podcasting once a week. That's nothing. Easy. Yeah. When it's been hard for us in the past. Yeah. But nothing has been as hard as this. And it's actually been pretty cool. Yeah. So I would say the experiment... So far, is a wild success because I'm able to spend time with you talking about things I love. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. So, Melissa, I love you. I'm glad we're podcast partners. Me too. And I will see you tomorrow. Oh. Actually, I'll, well, I'll see you the rest of the night. <laughs>
<laughs> but we'll see you listeners. Yeah, see y'all tomorrow. I'll see her in a minute while we're brushing our teeth. <laughs> so, all right. Good night. Good night. Thank you.